Welcome to the Like a Bigfoot podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ward. This week, we are welcoming ultra runner, adventurer, um, and just all around good person, Becca J to the show. Um, this episode kind of has it all. We're going to talk about ultra running. We're going to talk about, uh, she's an amazing coach, um, very knowledgeable. Um, we're going to talk about climbing mountains, which I just, I need to climb more mountains in my life. That's what I've determined, you know? Um, if you could climb a mountain like every, at least one a week, that would be absolutely mind-blowing. Um, and maybe that's a goal that <laughs> eventually uh, I need to work towards. Um, but I think the biggest takeaway that I had in this episode is... Becca's idea of this, of intention for movement, uh, I think is what she called it. And basically that's going into any big challenge that you're about to have and, you know, having a purpose that is bigger than you. Um, and that way when the chips are down and things get really challenging and you're starting to struggle, you can draw back on that and you can think about this deeper meaning like why are you out there why are you doing it um what are you thinking about you know while you are out there uh and becca when when she's done some of these challenges her intention for movements have they've been really big outside of herself uh ideas you know big societal ideas and i think one is it's important because she's able to use what she's good at, which is moving through the mountains and running long distances uh, to bring awareness to some of these bigger topics that she's obviously very passionate about. And after listening to this conversation, after having this conversation with Becca, it made me think about how kind of strange it is that we use running or we use movement like as athletes and to us like outwardly it might just look like you're hiking or you're running and it just might look like that to a person who doesn't know what's going on internally um, but as you're doing these challenges the internal growth um, and the internal battles and the roller coaster that is happening in your own head that might not be showing outwardly um, is crazy to me. That's the thing that always fascinates me. And that's why I've, you know, been doing this podcast for six years now is that roller coaster of emotions and thoughts and the things you leave a challenge with are always this deeper level of like almost like humanity that that it's hard to really hard to express. Um, and it's really hard for other people to see. So that's why I always like to give people the opportunity, um, to dive in and talk about what that, what that's like in their brain, what they learned and how they grew and things like that. So, um, but yeah, we definitely dive into all that in this episode. Becca talks about going for the FKT for the most 14ers in 24 hours and it's awesome so um yeah let's just dive right into it this is the like a bigfoot podcast number 308 with becca J. 
All right. Uh, I'm very excited today to be joined with uh, by Becca J. Um, Becca is this amazing ultra runner out here in Colorado. Uh, and yeah, Becca, thank you for coming on the show. I'm just excited to chat with you. Thanks for having me, Chris. Yeah, mm -hmm. I thought I thought the natural first place to start would be Colorado 14ers. Um, I'm about to go hike up uh, Mount of the Holy Cross in two days and I'm super excited and I know it's like 14er season right now. Um, so can you kind of like, you know, tell us about your experiences doing that, doing those uh, giant mountains out here? Sure. It actually started uh, from my youngest son's uh, idea. He's He's 12 now, but I think he was about six or seven years old and uh, someone came to his school and talked about hiking mountains. And from that point on, he had decided that he wanted to try to climb all of Colorado's 14ers. So we started when he was about six years old. Yeah. And um, we have, so the, my husband, and then I have an older son who's 15. And then my youngest son, whose idea it was to climb them. We've all hiked uh, 25, I think, 14ers at this point. Yeah. And it's been really cool to be able to do that together. And, um, my husband and I have done several of them multiple times, but, um, summited 25 together as a family, which has been really cool. And my youngest, he's, uh, you know, the Gary Roach 14er books. Yeah. He basically has those memorized. So we, we follow him up all the mountains. He knows all the routes and all the peaks and all the elevations. And so it's funny. We're actually going to be uh, uh, doing Holy Cross in a few days too. That'll be probably, yeah, that probably our last of this season. But, but yeah, I wasn't, I actually didn't think that I would be able to do 14ers because I've had uh, knee injuries from soccer, three ACL repairs. And so I just didn't know if my body could handle it. And so then after doing um, some physical therapy and strength training uh, to get my body uh, balanced, I guess more balanced, um, and then hiking with the boys and taking our time, we were able to get a few 14ers in and, and we just never have stopped. And I think we're they're, they're on track to probably get all the 14ers before they're 25. That's so cool. That's yeah. so cool. I got, I mean, so many, like the fact that he just came home from school one day and was geeking out about it. Like, have you, had you had, like, did you know that that was like a thing out here that people do? And like, I don't know, did you ever see yourself climbing those before he came home? You know, I, I didn't really, it, it was something when I was in college, I attempted to hike Mount Princeton and my body was just not happy about the descent I didn't <laughs> my knees were not happy and so so then after um you know w my youngest decided he wanted to start hiking we um I was like well we'll try it again that was probably about 10 years later and um and then after I came down and didn't die I was like well okay maybe this is something we can do it wasn't it wasn't something that we were you know uh, we didn't really have that as a goal for uh, for us, I guess, at the time. But then once we started doing it and the boys were able to move so smoothly um, up and down the mountains and gained a lot of confidence, we were just like, well, 
is what we're going to be doing and doing it as often as we we could. And so, yeah, we've tried to do about five or six 14ers a year and they love it. It's great because they love to do it and it's cool to be able to kind of follow their lead and, and have, you know, their excitement about moving on the land and, and they love it when, you know, when you get to a summit and it's like, Oh my gosh, the effort is hard to get there, but totally worth it when you get to the top it's cool and it's cool to kind of experience it through their eyes too like letting them take the lead and um following them up i mean they they're little mountain goats so we're (laughs) working hard to stay with them (laughs) that's amazing well so what was it that like captured his imagination do you did you ever ask him like what was it that really like hooked him into it yeah, so there, there. It's the the athlete Colin O'Brady. He, you know, he yeah. came to a school in Roxboro, which this was before he was who he is now. And he had asked the kids, "What is your Everest?" And that was um, Max, my son, came home and he was like, "This guy came to school and he talked about all of these adventures he's been on." And little did we know, he was like. Colin O'Brady. And so, um, and he, he said that he asked, you know, what, find your Everest, what's your Everest? And Max kind of took it literally like, let's go climb some (laughs) mountains. I want to, I want to try to climb the 14. Well, it's great. And I love it. I mean, it's been, I got hooked after the first one. I was like, oh yeah, I, I would love to do this for a long time. So, yeah, I love that idea. Like one, I I've interviewed uh, John Peterson a handful of times and John did the row, the Drake Passage row with him across the ocean or across the Drake Passage to Antarctica. I don't know if you guys have watched that documentary. Uh, It's on Discovery. It's super cool. Um, And I've actually brought John into my well, virtually brought him into my class to uh, talk to my leadership group. Um, so it's so cool. Like, I just love that, you know, someone's able to come in and inspire and the idea of what's yeah. your Everest is really like, what's the thing that is, that you're so passionate about, that's going to bring you so much joy that you want to mm-hmm. have it in your life. And then it's, and then also it's just funny that he's like, well, we don't have Everest in Colorado, <laughs> but we, we have all these other ones. <laughs> that's right. So let's go to those. Yeah. It's very cool. And it's cool. Cause I think it's very empowering, especially to kids to be able to see that they can, you know, hike, get to a summit, see as, you know, 360 degrees around and, and just, it's hard. It's not, it's not really ever easy, but they can see that they can do it. And I love that. Like, it'd be, it's cool. It'd be really cool to be able to um, spread that out to a lot of youth and make it super accessible. So yeah i think it's i think mountains in particular are cool because it's almost like you see the goal like you're driving around you can see the goals that you have but you'll see your accomplishments and you know now every time you pass like mount princeton or whatever you get to be like oh yeah we were at the top of that at one point you know absolutely and they do they 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 have a lot of pride like good pride about we did that like yeah. We moved our bodies up this mountain. So yeah, it's very, it's a, it's a lot of fun. We're really That's, grateful to be able to do it with them. 
Yeah, that's cool. Well, I'm gonna have to like roundabout back to this at some point and ask for like parenting tips going up to 14er. Uh, but I want to hear about you, Becca. So tell me a little bit about like your background as like adventurer, athlete, like you mentioned soccer and knee injuries, but now mm -hmm. you've become an ultra runner, which is kind of like, I think a lot of people have this idea that ultra running is going to destroy your knees. That's kind of like the misperception that a lot of people have. And you're mm -hmm. like, I already had destroyed knees and now I'm an ultra runner. So bring, right. it, bring it on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I grew up playing soccer from probably age six and I will still play now uh, as an adult. Um, I loved it. It's my favorite form of movement, but I didn't have um, any kind of strength and conditioning growing up. So my body was super imbalanced. I was probably very quad dominant. And so that led to, I think, knee injuries and also just shifts from, you know, going through puberty, your body shifts. And if coaches aren't aware of how to protect, uh, especially uh, younger girls' bodies, there's a lot of injury that can come. And so playing, I love playing soccer, but those knee injuries kind of set me back a little bit. Um, and that's actually how I got uh, interested in uh, personal training, which is what I do for my work right now. Um, I did enough physical therapy to be able to be like, oh, this is what I needed when I was in you yeah. know, high school to be able to have a strong and balanced body. I want to be able to share this with other people because then they can move and have a durable body too. Um, do you so think yeah, I've been a person. Like from your perspective now, do you think coaches are more aware of these ideas now, or do you think it's still like kind of up in the air? I think they are learning more. I think more coaches are open to it, but I think there still is a lot of learning, especially with, um, uh, female bodies or people bodies with uteruses that be, there's so much to know and there's yeah. just not a lot of knowledge to support um the the changes that go and to keep um young people healthy and well and like adapting training programs to fit like different parts of their cycle i think that's really really important and i missed out on that and i um, I really hope that that starts coming uh, around and being a topic of conversation for coaches, especially coaches, uh, youth coaches, yeah. um, just because there's so much that happens in the, the, you know, 13 to 18 age range. And if there can be adaptations, you know, like, okay, during their training cycles, I think that would be a game changer. So I'm a huge advocate for that with youth, like, hey, let's, let's work on mobility, let's work on your core, um, like being just mindful and intentional about their own movements and really listening to their bodies. And like something we teach our boys is, you know, speak up, you know, your body, listen to your intuition, and your adults are not always right. Coaches don't, coaches aren't in your body. You're in your yeah. body. So be willing to speak up. And I didn't learn that. That wasn't something that I grew up um, having knowledge about. It was just like, well, coach is telling me to do this is what I'm going to do. And then three knee surgeries later, <laughs> and I'm fine now. My body's yeah. stronger now than it was a long time ago, but 
I would, I think I would have prevented a lot of injury if I would have had that knowledge and been willing to be like, no, nah, my body can't do this today or it's not safe for my body. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think from playing soccer to personal training and then to being, a uh, an ultra runner being able to move mountains it's all been connected like oh being in tune with my body being in uh aware of you know imbalances that um hinder me from moving in a way that is safe uh that helped to then transition to running up and down mountains with my boys <laughs> yeah yeah so, well i yeah. mean i kind of just coming from just even thinking about my own uh, cousins who were very athletic, I know there was like a handful of ACL injuries as soon as they, you know, were in high school and college sports. And I think it's this idea yeah. of this kind of like this old school mentality of coaching and the whole trying to kind of change that. So you get athletes who still want to work hard, still want to push themselves, but can do it in a smarter way now that we kind of just have a better knowledge about these sort of things. And I think that's kind of like, we're in this weird like transition phase right now for that, for a lot of coaches, I'm sure. Absolutely. And I think their coaches are um, more willing to pay attention to that. Um, but I, it, it needs to be really consistent throughout high school and college just, and also just so people feel the kids feel empowered in their bodies and you, and that you can still train no matter wherever uh whatever body that you're in but just being mindful of what is the best for um yeah your body and turning it up when like increasing training when that is suitable and then cutting it back making sure rest that's another thing like rest was not emphasized it was go seven days a week work hard if you yeah. don't feel good that's a bummer too bad t t uh, wrap your ankles you'll survive and so it's just not a lot of mindfulness that happened and i i'm i'm seeing changes for sure and i'm i'm hopeful for my boys you know with their um sports uh that they're involved in i do think cross training and um focusing on the ability long term um just based on my own experience like having uh uh wanting to be able to do hike you know hiking in mountains for a long time like till i'm 97. yeah <laughs> nice 97 97. yeah uh yeah. that's amazing how do you i want to know like how do you as a busy adult person with kids and family and all that like how do you incorporate rest into your routine because i know for me that's the hardest part because i know if i want to get a good workout in it's going to be early in the morning you know i have to wake up early to get it done and i don't know it's just the resting part is the part that i think is hard for a lot of people right i think it took me a while to get to the point where i embraced rest because it felt like i wasn't doing anything i'm like i'm resting that i'm not I'm, this is this is a waste of time <laughs> yeah. but ultimately as i got as i've gotten older and have also you know i want to be an example to our boys like the rest is when the healing comes and so i knowing that having that kind of shift in mindset 
um, like allow my body to heal and build back up from all of the effort I've put in, you know, the past three days, your rest day is your, like, that's gold. That's when you're, you get like the gains from everything you've put in. And so I think just shifting that and even though it is still hard cause I get antsy, but it's like, okay, I, you know, this is good. This is beneficial. This will help me. And also the mental rest. I, I think that's just as important as the physical rest. I've come off of a few hard efforts and even though my body feels okay, my mind is tired. And so I have to have like, take the days of rest. I usually try for one to two days a week, more two days a week, more lately. Um, but just to, yeah, physically allow my body to recover and then mentally same thing. I, the rest days aren't always the same each week, um, day wise, but I, I am intentional now knowing how important it is for me to be able to be stronger. Um, and then also wanting, you know, cause the, you can say every, you can tell your kids take a rest day, but if you're not doing it, they're not going to do it. So it is important to show, like have, you know, have them see and be like, it's okay to be bored. It's okay to put your feet up and to just chill and relax. Like those are important um, moments to, yeah, allow healing and repair. So, yeah. Well, you're right. Yeah. Like you come back stronger. Like the day after a rest day, <laughs> I know I always feel better. Um, mm -hmm. but it's, it is hard because I think, I think we kind of have this culture of like efficiency right now. Like you try to be the most efficient. And I know for me, like even just looking at my to-do list today, I'm like, oh, whoa, like this is a lot on my to-do list, you know, from different aspects of my life and, and wanting to be efficient versus wanting to also have downtime is that weird balance that you, that's hard to figure out for a lot of people. Sure. Yeah. It's taken, it took me a long time. I think just in the past, maybe three years, have I really embraced the rest? Like I look, I do look forward to rest days now. I think just because of the, like the life stage that we're in, my boys are 12 and 15. So yeah. they're more independent now. So I don't, it's not like the younger ages where you're busy all the time and always aware um, of everything that's going on. But uh, yeah, with, there is a, a little bit more opportunity to embrace it and look forward to the rest. So, yeah. but I think the sooner that we can do that, the better, like yeah. to know that it's a productive rest is productive. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. No, that's, that's, yeah, that's so huge. I I'm always looking for advice about how to rest. My friends always like, dude, you can't just sit still. Like you're always like up, like stretching or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, man, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. It's tricky. It is tricky. It's a practice. I would say it's a practice. It takes practice to do it. Yeah. That's a good way yeah. to say that. Um, when did you hear about ultra running? Like when did that come into your mind? Sure. Um, my husband, uh, Luke J he's uh, an ultra runner. He's one of the ultra runners who wins the hundred mile races. So <laughs> Well, I first saw him doing those races, like he's done uh, 50Ks, 50 mile races, and then progressed in the 100 mile races. And I always thought it was crazy. I'm like, this is, how do people convince themselves to move on their feet for 100 miles? Like a car is a perfectly logical <laughs> way to move 100 miles. Yeah. Um, but then being involved in the community and seeing where you can go and the places that you're body and mind can take you. I was, I was like, Oh, this is interesting. 
like maybe I'll try that someday because I, I thought 5Ks were my max and then I did a, a half marathon and transitioned to that and then just kind of seeing people do it at, like go the longer distances and the experiences that they were able to have I was curious about it and so then we a lot of time on my feet and ultras are a lot of time on your feet. So maybe I could try one and see how it goes. So it just kind of progressed from seeing my husband do ultras and longer efforts and um, yeah, just kind of being inspired by seeing a bunch of different people doing long distances and, and enjoying, enjoying it. Maybe that might be a strong word. There's a lot of enjoyment, but <laughs> a lot of suffering and enjoyment in it so yeah. yeah was there was there anything it's just funny because i'm always interested in the like places people go mentally during these things and like how they grow in that aspect like what is it that brings people to do this um that they find useful in their lives you know like was that like having conversations about that did that help you kind of like realize what this could do for you you know, I think one thing that my husband had said was like, it, you have to want to do it. That's, that's an important part of it. Like not, um, yeah, you have to want to do it. And I think, um, there's something about the mindset of, uh, I can do this. I'm going to train my body and then just just keep moving, just keep moving forward, just uh, like uh, having an intention to finish, like uh, let's say a race um, or an effort, like intent, I don't think I'm answering your question very well, but <laughs> I might get there. But I think, I, I think we really try to start with gratitude, like our bodies get to do this, where we get to show up in these places and then setting an intention for the movement. Like, what is it that I want to, how do I want to show up in this place on the land um, for myself, for, you know, other people? Um, and so I think that is kind of the direction that I've taken ultra running is more, um, what is the intention behind it? It kind of shifted from like the physical effort to like, what will this look like for me as a human showing up in this place. Um, yeah, I don't, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I love that. I was writing it when you said it, I didn't know if I was answering my question, but I was writing everything down. <laughs> I was oh. like, this is great. Um, so going back to that, you just mentioned this idea of intention for movement. Um, can you give me an example of that? Like, what would that look like? Sure. Uh, so recently, um, this past, race that I did. It was a 50 mile race in Lake City. And I am part of a running team called Renew Earth Running. And their mission is to help heal and protect the environment um, by returning land to indigenous stewardship. And so as I uh, approached the race, my goal was to help raise money um, to fund both Renew Earth Running. And then we partnered, uh, we had a collaboration with uh, the Bears Ears Intertribal Coalition. And so all of that, those 
two uh, organizations work to protect the land and to um, like protect sacred spaces. And so my intention with my movement was to help support both Bears Ears and Renewers running. And so as I'm moving, like knowing that there is another goal as opposed to just finishing the race as one goal, but moving with the intention of um, supporting indigenous stewardship, like that's massive in yeah. keeping, it, for me, it's massive in keeping me moving. Like this is, if it can be about something bigger than me, I, I'm a lot more likely to keep moving because it's, I have a bigger focus. And so that's anytime I, I, especially in the past few years, if I can move with the intention of supporting or um, educating, uh, I think that that is super helpful for um, making my movement meaningful um, as opposed to just going and doing a race. Yeah, no, I love that idea. And I'm curious, like when you first got into being an athlete or being an adventurer runner or whatever, like how has your intention kind of changed and, and grown throughout this like journey you've been on? Mm, that's a great question. Um, I think it has shifted to just awareness and education. Like I, I, there's so much that I don't know and there's so much that I'm unlearning. And I think that's really an interesting thing to pair with your journey as an athlete or an, you know, a runner or adventurer. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's because as I have been reading more and interacting with um, different groups of people and just even learning along with the boys, uh, there's so much that shifts uh, mindset wise. And then also in the way that you want to interact in the world, like something that comes up for me often is how, how are we going to show up? Like, what are we going to do to show up each time? And, and every time I do a race or a hard effort, that's kind of what I come back to. What, what will it look like for me to show up? And, and how can I make it, how can I make my intention be something that is helpful and not yeah. harmful? And what can I do to be able to uh, either support the community or support something bigger than myself, outside of myself in a way that is, um, yeah, it, it, uh, in a way that is impactful in a positive way. Yeah. And, and also, I really like the idea of educating uh, people, not forcing people to think the way that you think, but just like, hey, here's some information. Maybe you don't know about it. Look into it if you have the chance and see if that shifts anything for you. Because that's how, I mean, that's been my whole journey the past, I don't know, since college is, whoa, all of this new information has come my way. And now that I have new information, what am I going to do with it? I'm either yeah. going to, you know, be complicit and do nothing or what is my action going to be? What is my movement in the world going to look like so that um, positive change can keep happening?
Yeah, totally. And it's a totally like important human trait to be able to kind of like change your change your thoughts once you're presented with new information, you know, like you're, t I'm a mm -hmm. science teacher and that's like, <laughs> you know, a huge part of, you know, being open to the idea of like the scientific process is basically like, yeah. Hey, like there's new information. We had new things came in so we can kind of change how we're thinking about certain, certain aspects. Right. Um, absolutely. Yeah. I think, do you, do you think there's any like to connect, that idea with just like the amount of time you have in the wilderness, like specifically as a trail runner or hiker, do you think there's a connection with that? Like being open to um, really thinking some of these like bigger topics through? Absolutely. I, I think the biggest thing is, uh, is realizing how small we are. Like there's a lot of perspective I get and a lot of um, uh, mindful moments when I'm on trails because yeah. we're away, you know, and so you kind of have that quiet to listen and look around and experience. And like, there have been so many times where it's just, oh my gosh, you can see so far and it's so big and so majestic and so much of it thankfully is still untouched and and to think wow we're we are really small in this um world and we can also make a really big impact it's kind of that both and type of thing like a lot if a lot of people uh come together collectively to you know yeah. for in a positive way you can make a really massive impact but um, but yeah, the, there is a mindfulness on the trails and there's a, a perspective shift, I think that comes to, um, yeah. Yeah. I love that. Cause it's almost like this weird thought where like you realize how small you are, but you also see the impact that you can have. Um, it reminds me, do you know, have you ever read any of like the Brendan Leonard? He's an ultra runner, uh, semi-rad stuff he does oh, these like cool drawings yes. and whatnot yes, yeah. yes, yes. Uh -huh. <laughs> and they're amazing well there's yes. one hanging up in my classroom and it's this idea of like there's like it's like a little square this is me trying to explain like an art thing over the i just realized <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that's good. but there's one little tiny square at the top and it just says idea and then mm -hmm. the next like down a little bit it's like three little squares and it's like each one says idea and then all of a sudden at the bottom, there's this giant wave and it's like all of these little squares of ideas, like this big wave together. And it's the idea yeah. like, you know, like goodness can spread and, you know, positivity can, can work like that in waves. If like even the, any like individual person is going to have that impact and they get to kind of choose if they're going to do positive things or if they're going to do negative things, I guess. And that's always like stuck with me. You know, like I'm a teacher and I see a lot of middle schoolers who don't think they actually have an impact to make in the world. And I'm like, no, man, like you guys in your own mind, you're just this tiny person. And yet each tiny like that's all anyone is, you know, like mm -hmm. we all are tiny people and we all mm -hmm. can also have this effect on others and we can start this wave of awesomeness, you know, so. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I agree.
Well, I want to hear specifically about a couple events. One, I want to hear about the going for the record for the Colorado 14ers in 24 hours. Um, yeah. And I know like to speak to everything we've just been talking about, you were doing this, um, your intention for movement for that event was the Equal Justice Initiative. So do you want to kind of talk about that first and then we can get sure. into what that story was or what that adventure was like? Absolutely. So it was, uh, everything had shut down, um, the, all the races, it was uh, I, right after COVID kind of hit. And then uh, all races got canceled and which is very minor considering all the horrible yeah. things happening in the world, um, which was kind of the uh, catalyst for the 14er uh, FKT attempt. Um, and then the, the police brutality, murdering of black humans, um, everything kind of came to just this massive like uh, explosion. I mean, it's been 400 years of all of this injustice, um, but it almost took like this COVID and um, this big event with uh, the, the horrifying death of George Floyd to get people to pause and yeah. like, okay, wait a second. Like this, this is still happening. It's not, this isn't new. However, there was a moment with COVID and then that they both kind of aligned where everybody was in a pause and it was like something shifted. Um, and then and then like going through all the names of uh, black people who have been murdered, you know, for 400 years. And um, like even especially just in the past, you know, 10 years, there was something um, I was like, I don't know, what can, what can I do? What is an action yeah. um, that, you know, it was like, ah, oh, I, I, for myself, I needed something to, to, to I don't know. I, it's even hard to explain now, but. It's almost like, like you, you, I mean, it's like how a lot of people felt like it's, you feel this helplessness when it's this systematic thing that's happening. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so I just started writing names. Like I was looking at all the names of black people who've been murdered and I was writing their names and writing their names. And I was like, this list is so long. Like this yeah. is awful. And I've known it, but I think in that moment of pause, I was like, whoa, like this, geez, we, this, we have so much work to do. Like this is, and it's still happening. We're in 20, I think it was, we're in 2020 and this is still happening and oh my gosh. And so my, my movement was like, well, if I can, I love the Equal Justice Initiative and what they do um, to support the, or try to help support the justice system um, to advocate on behalf of uh, people who are wrongfully incarcerated or unjustly incarcerated. And just, I love the idea of confronting our history and leaning into it and the discomfort that will come from it, but and but embracing that and doing something about it. And so it was like, all right, well, that's what I want my focus to be for um, this uh, 
14 or attempt. And so as I was doing it, I was like at the top of each uh, peak, you know, recognizing the names of people who've been murdered um, by police brutality and just kind of taking a minute and then going to the next 14 or and not, I mean, it, it was little, it was not, it was, it was just, it was almost like my own processing uh, yeah. of, of it. That's how I process so much through movement. Like that's where my emotion comes. That's where I experience thing, de things deeply. And so I think that was just kind of my, I'm going to move in this way because I, I'm trying to figure out how to process through this in order to figure out how to show up in a way that can be helpful. And so then, yeah, I, I did, uh, I did almost nine 14 ers in 24 hours. We, we were able to raise uh, $3,000 for the Equal Justice Initiative. And then again, it was like, if people hadn't heard of the, of EJI, part of the, my goal was, okay, well, look at this website, educate yourself on this information. Cause this has been going on for a long time. EJI has been here for a long time. Bigger than yourself thing yeah. to be working towards, you know, um, yeah. I'm going to ask some geeky 14 er questions, which <laughs> seems to pale in the bigger topic here. Uh, but I have to ask like, which nine can you take on in 24 hours? Like, sure. which, how did you plan that out? Like, you know, these are spread out all over the state of Colorado. How do you plan the specific nine? Right. So there are several you can loop. And so Mount Blue Sky, which was previously called Mount Evans, and I'm really glad they changed it because Evans is, he was not a good human. So Mount Blue, Blue Sky was my first mountain and I could tag it with Mount Beerstadt. And so you don't have to go all the way up to Blue Sky and then descend 3000 feet. So you can, if they're close enough, you can, you can uh, do both of them and have them count as the 14ers. But you have to start 3000 feet below and then go to the, you know, go to the peaks and then descend 3000 feet for yeah. them to count. So it was Blue Sky Beerstadt. And then we drove to uh, Gray's and Tories because those two you can connect. And then so up 3000, do both of those, come back down and then drove to Quandry. And then did that one. That was the, that was the, uh, so Quandry and then Sherman was my last one. And those were the two standalone ones that yeah. there was nothing closer. Um, and I knew my body, I knew that I could probably get nine. And so those were the nine. I was like, okay, I think in 24 hours driving, you know, at the speed, good speed, safe speed, <laughs> to get to each of them. I think I can do it. So then I tap and then we did Demo after Quandry, it was Democrat, um, mm -hmm. Lincoln and Bross because Cameron doesn't count as an, a 14 er. Um, and when those were still open, I was able to do those three, dis but I had to, uh, run up the road for a while. So because oh, yeah. it is you still have to get, there's a lot of running that I didn't really, that was tough. The running part was was the hardest part. I think the hiking I was okay doing, but running up the road to get the amount of gain that you need for them to count was tough. Um, but then, yeah, so Lincoln, Democrat, and Bross, and then descended and then drove to Sherman. And um, Sherman, I thought that I was at the summit and 
I was within the time frame, and I, I just didn't double check my watch to confirm that I was on the summit. I think I was very tired. That's my excuse. I was really tired. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so I was like, oh, we're at the summit. And then I came back down and I was like, yes, we did it. it. You know, we were able to do it. And then I got back and because you have to submit Strava, yeah. your Strava. And I looked at Strava, I was like, oh my gosh, I did not get to the summit. So it, it didn't count. So I just, I submitted eight. I, I did nine. Yeah. I mean, I felt nine of them. But eight of them, eight of them toward the FKT counted. So yeah, Sherman's weird. Yeah. There's so much like it flattens out on the top, you know, yes. is so you yeah. made it to the top technically, but I'm yes. sure you just didn't go like 30 yeah. yards I, or whatever it takes yeah. to get to the actual summit. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I had a little bit, probably about 200 more feet of gain maybe to get to the summit because I was looking and it was dark and I'm like, ah, oh, I yeah. didn't even think about it. That's how like. It's yeah. tricky at night. That's it's the detail I didn't even think when I was reading about this. I was like, oh yeah, like, duh, yeah. of course, if you're in like, the dark, how do you tell if you're at the top? <laughs> right, so it was tricky. And I really could have just looked at my watch, but my brain was really not firing on all cylinders at that point. So I was like, I think we're here. This yeah. is good. I, <laughs> I don't know if, yeah, looks flat. <laughs> so it was just a minor error on my point my part and I I had a moment when I got done I was really frustrated but then it was like but that's where the intention I feel like helped so yeah. much it's like Becca the, you know that was your secondary intention like that was your secondary goal you're fine that you can be bummed about it but yeah. your main goal was this there are people that are that are so you chose to suffer like there are people that are not choosing to suffer so you're fine and move on. And so yeah. that was quick. It was kind of like I had my little pity party and then moved on really quick because perspective certainly yeah. helps in that situation, which is why I like to have an intention because I, I don't want to get sucked into my own spiral of, you know, thought yeah. and self-focus because that doesn't serve me or anybody else. So, yeah. Well, yeah. and I think too, like, I mean, because when I go out and do ultra running and things like that, like, I think about the positives from suffering in that sense. And mm -hmm. then I, I, it makes me think though, and consider like how lucky I am that I get to go out and choose to do it. I get to choose to intentionally go out there and put myself through this hard experience, you know? Mm -hmm. And I, and part of my brain is like, I want to do this. So when life inevitably kicks me in the face and I have hardship i want to mm -hmm. like mentally have some tools to draw back on um mm -hmm. but it does make me like extremely grateful where i'm like you're choosing this suffering you know like right. you're a lucky person to be able to even say that you you get to choose that right absolutely and i think that perspective of of hard like we we all have different levels of hard that we deal with and kind not dis not diminish the last thing I really wanted to ask you about, um, which by the way, congrats for the 14ers. Like that Thank is, you. I, I'm hope like if people haven't ever hiked up one of these giant mountains, like they are not easy. Even the quote unquote easy ones are incredibly difficult, I agree. Um, <laughs> but, but I wanted to ask, I just really quick, like looking at, you know, your, your social media posts, um, you had this really interesting post about your husband 
completing the high lonesome 100. Mm -hmm. And the thing I found interesting is during that, you mentioned that he started low and then just continued to be low the whole mm -hmm. race, it seemed like. And probably like 99% of the time was just in this low moment. Um, yeah. Can you kind of talk about that? Because I thought, you know, I thought that was interesting, like persevering just through that to finish a hundred miler. Like usually it's this roller coaster of emotions, but to mm -hmm. stay in the valley that whole time, like that has to be insanely hard. Yeah, he is one of the grittiest people I know. And he's he he's also very even and he has such a positive mindset that even when he's low, he still has the perspective of I signed up for this, I get to do this. Like as long as nothing's physically wrong with me, I can keep going. And he's a competitor. Like he yeah. He is a competitor. So part of it was the competitiveness and he's just such a strong athlete. Um, but I think the mental part, so starting out low, not feeling great, like a lot of life stuff going on that he was kind of navigating, um, and, and kind of just wasn't him, like, wasn't his normal race start self. Um, and he knew that, but he, yeah. I think he was able to kind of just start the race. Uh, he starts with, he does start with gratitude. He, and I think that kind of helps. It's like that little thing that just kept, keeps helping him move is yeah. I get to be here. I get to be here. So even with the low, and that's what I told him after I was like, imagine if you felt good, you got third overall and you did not feel good. Imagine yeah. If you yeah, felt that's good. crazy. Holy cow. <laughs> and so I think, I think it's just, you know, he knows his, he, he's very good at listening to his body. He's good at, um, resetting his mind. Uh, and so, and witnessing that was like, wow, that's really cool to see that even, you know, he, it, at the end of the race, he was just like, I just needed to keep moving. Like my whole goal was just keep moving. As long as my body is fine. I can keep moving. And so, yeah, that's what he did. And he just kept moving for a hundred miles. <laughs> that's so cool. That like gives, I mean, I'm sure that was inspiring to watch, but even just hearing about that, like gives me chills a little bit. Like, yeah, it that's... was impressive. It was very <laughs> impressive. Yeah. And empowering. Cause I was yeah. like, if he, you know, he wasn't feeling good and he was able to just, he just kept hiking. He just kept moving forward. And and he was also, one thing I love about him is that no matter how crappy he was feeling, like he, he made sure to be kind to the aid state, people at the aid stations. Like he didn't take out his, his you know, hard day on anybody else, which I really appreciated because it's easy to do that when yeah. you're not feeling good to project that onto others. And he was, he was kind. He said thank you after he left all the aid stations. So he was able to, even in his, challenging mental state be able to maintain. also know yeah maintain yeah. and know okay this is you know a 24-hour period this is i am choosing this yeah and and i it's very minimal 
like he was able to kind of shift back into that perspective that's cool yeah which was really cool and and it's great for our boys to see yeah it speaks a lot to just who he is deep at his core because it's like you get stripped away of everything and if deep at your core you're still kind (laughs) like that's pretty pretty cool oh yes that gave me chills what you just said (laughs) his core he is kind and that is exactly it like yeah and i think that makes a difference like and and I think that that helps him to to do stuff like that and to do it so well, because yeah. he is so he is grounded and he is a kind and good human. So that's amazing. Well, yeah. so I to wrap up, I kept this for the end because I'm like, this is just me asking selfishly, but I need some parenting advice. Like, <laughs> I you actually taught me something. I didn't realize Mount Evans uh, was changed to Mount Blue Sky, which is yeah. awesome. So we went up yeah. there yesterday and oh, we just cool. hiked around. We just kind of hiked around a little bit and uh, had a picnic and stuff. Like we didn't nice. hike it up or anything, me and my eight-year-old. Yeah. But as I'm up there, I'm like, this was her first exposure to like high elevation. Mm-hmm. And I'm mm-hmm. like, how do you get a kid up? I mean, obviously they have to want it. So that's the first yeah. thing. But mm-hmm. what do you have like any tricks that you, <laughs> maybe not tricks, but like anything yeah. that keeps them going? Sure. Honestly, when we first started, we just had lots of snacks. So it was like, okay, here's a snack. This is fun. Here's another snack. Just keep eating. Everything's great. And then hydrating. And so it was just, we really, when they were little, it was just, I brought a backpack full of snacks and I was like, do you want this? Do you want this? Do you want this? And then, yeah. So just kept them moving, kept them fueled, kept their levels nice and stable. Um, and then once I got to the, the top of their first one, they were like, oh, I want to do this all the time. That's what I, to, yes. yeah. yeah, that's yeah. huge. Like them, once they do it, it'll hook you. Absolutely. Cause then they see that they did it. Like they, yeah. we didn't help them. We never carried them. We move slow, take it slow, lots yeah. of breaks, lots of time to sit and drink and look. So not rushing it, like just yeah. letting it be like, they kind of let us, led us up and we followed their lead and when they got to the summit they were like whoa we can we got to we did that on our own and then we didn't have to do anything from there we just brought snacks and water to all the other ones but they were like when's the next one when's the next one that's amazing that's amazing yeah no that's that's so cool i cannot wait to have that experience with my kids Mm -hmm. i'm excited for you to do that even like I brought my I brought my like five year old and she cl- hiked up North Table Mountain here, and mm-hmm. we got to the top. She did it all herself, which was impressive to me. Yeah. And we got to the top, and she was just like, "I can see the whole wide world." Oh. And I was like, "Shut up! Don't make oh. me cry." Like, That's perfect. It was what so... a great quote. I love that. <laughs> it was so oh. good. I was... love that. Well, That's Becca, cool. yeah, where uh, where can people kind of like? find more information about you i obviously you um are a coach and a trainer and things like that like if people are interested in that like where can they find that absolutely i think the best place to find me is on instagram it's at becca j dot get up training and yeah they can reach out to me there anytime i'd love to be able to work with anyone who wants to be strong feel strong in their body and be durable Cause I've been there, I've been on the, the injury side of it. So I, I'm, I know how to come out of it. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me. This has been really cool. Yes, thank you, Chris. I really appreciate it and I appreciate the questions. So thank you. <laughs> Thanks. All righty. That wraps up this week's episode of the Like a Bigfoot podcast. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, huge thanks to Becca for coming on the show um, and Sharon. Like I said, I think the big takeaway for me is this idea of intention for movement. Uh, and when you're going out and you're doing and a ginormous challenge or you're doing a race that you're not sure you can finish um just having a bigger purpose than yourself and you know i think having discussions with some of my friends and some people who do these races and things like that um we've kind of talked about how i almost wonder if like even if someone gets into ultra running for like an extrinsic motivation right like they want to like get a medal or they want to have a cool picture on social social media or something um or whatever just some sort of external reward i i do feel like this sport it's impossible not to have that shift either through your very first race or really near like the beginning of your whatever your time as an ultra runner it's almost impossible not to have it shift to like your a realization that the internal rewards are actually um actually what's going to be the thing that you are able to take away um but yeah anyways i just i've been thinking about that a lot lately uh we just an update for everyone if you saw our social media posts uh we got to screen our movie in breckenridge and we got to show all the racers uh, their families the people who helped make the film um if you donated to our indiegogo i did send a link out and i think like half the people for whatever reason it got sent to their spam so please just email me or whatever and i can make sure you get you are able to get that but um we finally showed it it was awesome uh it's been quite the experience this last week has been a roller coaster um of emotions for me it's been really really cool like really cool and really meaningful um to go up and and show what we made what we spent you know even after we filmed the race, what we spent like a whole nother almost year and a half editing together. Um, and yeah, and it was so, this week's been so crazy. I was like, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to get a podcast episode out. Uh, but I wanted to make sure that I stuck with that. Um, cause it's, you know, obviously this project's super important to me. So, um, but yeah, we'll talk about it at some point in the future. Uh, right now, we're just entering it into film festivals across the country. And yeah, and I'll keep you all posted on that. But I definitely have many, many thoughts to share about that. Uh, but when I'm looking at it and I'm looking at the idea of intention for movement and I'm thinking about the people we focused on and featured and... I think all of them, their intention was like well-defined for them. 
you know i think that's important is to make sure like i think there was a part in the movie we even cut out uh but it was my friend phil walking along and like a voiceover of an interview with him and he's just like you gotta know why you're doing what you're doing like you gotta basically know why you're doing like why you're coming out here and putting yourself through this intentional adversity like you just got to know why and if you know why then it's going to be a heck of a lot easier to push through and to becca's point it's gonna be a lot more effective in spreading you know these messages or sharing these ideas that you want people to be involved with um, which I think is really, really powerful. So, um, but yeah, that wraps up the episode. Apologies if there was any um, parts that I didn't edit out. We had some audio issues um, throughout the episode and I just went through and tried to edit as many of them as I could. But if I didn't get all of them, I, I'm sorry. If you had to hit, <laughs> sit there and listen to me go like, huh. Oh, hello like that <laughs> like it's just silent and it's just me going are you there um then i apologize but yeah we kept having a little bit of audio issues and drop calls every once in a while but i think i got them all uh yeah anyways becca's awesome um i'm hoping to run into her on the trail sometime uh she's really really inspiring to me and, and really really cool so uh, yeah, I hope you enjoyed the episode and we will be back at you next week.